This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 45. The World Series begins, Crawley, and we're calling this one Schwarber's team versus Dusty's team. And again, something that we've promised from the very beginning was to take you behind the scenes, let you guys get to learn about all the people. It takes a village, like they like to say, Crawley. It takes a village to bring you Chicago Cubs baseball at the ballpark, on television, and on radio. And this week, you talk to Jeremiah Estrada. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, I'm joined by Cubs pitcher Jeremiah Estrada. Jeremiah, how are you doing today? Good, good. Thank you for having me on. Oh, we're glad that you're able to make it on. And, uh, you know, I was kind of looking a little bit about you, and you were born in Indio, California, and you attended Palm Desert High School. And it seems like there's – it's like a hotbed in that valley there of baseball players. Uh, you know a lot of the other MLB players that come from the Valley? I don't personally know them except for, like, Tyson Miller. Uh, I know him because he was with the Cubs. But uh, Taylor Ward, I've honestly never met. Uh, Brian Servin, who's with the Rockies. Uh, we went to the same high school, but he's, like, a year or two older than me. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's good to see those guys coming out of the same Valley as, as where I'm from. So. And was that your first love, baseball, or did you play other sports as well? Uh, I played a lot of other sports. My dad tried to put me in as much as he can. I did, you know, like mixed martial arts, basketball, football, uh, soccer, bat, uh, just whatever I could do. He just wanted right. to be an all-around athlete. So, All right. Well, you know, with that MMA, if anyone ever charges the mound, you'll be ready. I'm going to take it right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, yep. like I did jiu-jitsu growing up a lot, so I'm, I'm waiting for that. That would be fun to do someday. I, I just go old school when I think about Nolan Ryan and Robin Ventura, but uh, that, yep, that's exactly. neither here nor there. But uh, you were committed to play – or you were committed to go to US, UCLA, I believe, correct? Yes, sir. And then, yeah, and then Theo Epstein did something unusual because they – you know, and during that Theo regime, it ended up being where they would take a lot of like kind of later college players and stuff like that. But you were a high school draft pick. Uh, were there any other teams that were looking at you around the same time when you got drafted by the Cubs? Uh, 
I'm not quite sure. I know my uh, my dad took care of like, and my my agents took care of like, you know, hey, like don't worry much about what goes on. Just you know, perform on the baseball field at the moment during the high school days. But um, uh, I believe I was at the moment gonna get picked up by Seattle. I remember for like probably like I I think that's what I remember. I mean, I remember I had a little draft party and it was gonna be a. Seattle was supposed to pick me, and then they ended up choosing another guy, and I didn't get picked within the first or that that uh, that day on TV, and then the Cubs picked me up, which is great because you know, Seattle missed out. I'm with the Chicago Cubs now, and I'm enjoying the, the best that I could ever have. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. You're gonna, you know, it's uh, it's a fan base that just loves its players and loves baseball. So you ended up on the good side of that one. Oh, so. Yeah, you get drafted in 2017. You head out to the Arizona Fall League, uh, but you suffered a sprain. What UCL? UCL, correct? Uh, yeah. So the year I got drafted, which is in 2017, I wasn't hurt. I pitched six innings, and uh, that's uh, that was just the Arizona team during the year, you know. And uh, the next year after that, in spring training, right before we were about to, you know, the teams were about to be prepared to be sent off. I uh, sprained my ECL during spring training. And so you did 22 months, you know, out of baseball that had to have been difficult. How did you keep yourself mentally sharp during that time and, and keep from kind of getting into a funk? Uh, I mean, it, it was a tough one, you know I mean? I, I, I get picked up and drafted to do what I do best, which is to throw a baseball, you know, to, to, to perform for the Chicago Cubs and to do my job. And the fact that I just couldn't do, what I was meant to do, you know, that kind of did hurt a lot. You know, it was a bit of a, like a, of a depression of a feeling to see like other guys being able to play, other guys stay healthy. And I told myself like, damn, like what am I doing wrong? That's not allowing me to be out there. So, you know, I just did with the coaches and the, the staff and the trainer staff and then what they all told me to do. And, you know, they, um, the Cubs will provide me with the best help that they can give me. And that's why I was just, I'm so diehard Cubs right now, and I love the Cubs so much for them taking care of me throughout the year of the, the rehab process. Now, you know, you come back from your injury on June 12, 2019. You're assigned to the Eugene Emeralds. Unfortunately, they're not part of the Cubs uh, affiliates anymore, but that was the short uh, season single A. You come back, and the first thing you do is you throw an immaculate inning against the first three batters you face since 2017. Nine pitches, all strikes. Did you have any idea that that was happening or no? No, you know, uh, that's brought up because that's actually, that just got brought up a couple of days ago with a buddy of mine, but um, I just, I have no idea. I mean, when I'm on my mind, I don't really think much about just like, hey, you know, just get to what you can do with these guys, throw the best pitch that you can throw. And at the moment, there's just, fastballs you know kind of like to this day it was the fastball was the big use for it and i was able to see like all right let's see what these guys can do with the fastball and i got away with it somehow and i <laughs> i forgot and i was like i run in and everybody's just like my buddy's like damn i'm making anything i was like that was nine pitches <laughs> that was, i don't even know now unfortunately shortly after that you know you, you felt that tightness in your arm again and and your velocity dropped Tommy John surgery, which again, it's, I think it's becoming more rare for guys not to have Tommy John surgery, but then the pandemic hits right after that. And you're kind of, you know, that 2020 season, what did you do during that lost minor league season where there was no minor league baseball? Man, I, I remember after Tommy John, I, 
I was rehabbing the other I did, and I gained a lot of weight during the rehab process. But we had that December right before we went into January or 2020. And I lost like 25 pounds. I worked out. I just went crazy. I was just like, I'm ready for next year. This is my comeback year. I'm ready for it. And I was prepared, you know, mentally, physically. I felt like I was in the best shape of my life. And we go into 2020 and they canceled it. And I was like, no way that just happened. <laughs> so went back home and I was like, I'm going to stay on the grind as much as I can. And it just uh, within a couple of months, like just that quarantine or the COVID laziness of that year just kicked in. And I was just like, I, it looks like it's just another off season, I guess. So I did what the Cubs were telling me to do with whatever I did and just stayed home. And that was it just kind of rested throughout the whole year, just waiting to see if it was going to happen again, if it was going to happen the next year. Now, it doesn't. We have baseball in 2021. You're assigned to the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, and you get to play under legendary manager Buddy Bailey and pitching coach Clayton Mortensen. What did you take away from that season at Myrtle Beach? What do you feel like really kind of really you you learned from that first full season of minor league baseball? I learned a lot, you know, because that was also the first year I was turned into a reliever. And uh, thanks to the pitching staff and especially Coach uh, Coach Mori, and uh, he's the goat. You know, most definitely he's taught me the, uh, a lot with like becoming a reliever. Had of the like, hey, you know, he, he's helping from the side and just told me like, learn off your other pitching, your other teammates. And I give a huge shout out too to my teammates at that time. You know, like uh, talking to my guys like Joe Nahas and Bailey Reed, they showed me like, hey, you're gonna have to just get up and go. That's just how it is. You know, like throw some balls on the weighted wall, throw the weighted balls on the wall body blades, start moving like in a couple of innings and before whatever. Cause I was just like, I remember my first time I was like, are they going to tell me when I'm going to go in? Like, when do I plan to do this? When do I start? I got to stretch like three innings before. And I was just like, I was just like, I don't know what to do. But thanks to, you know, like with the Cubs, like it, it's a brotherhood with the organization and they helped me uh, be able to adapt that to how to be a reliever. And also with coach Morty too, like turning me into a reliever and helping me with a uh, how to get prepared. You know, it was a great experience out there. Not fun. Well, you mentioned your teammates, you mentioned Bailey Reed and it was you DJ Hertz, Bailey and Dennis Correa who threw a no hitter, a combined no hitter at Myrtle beach. Uh, you had seven strikeouts through the nine batters you faced. Uh, you, you were the, were you the second one in right after, after DJ yeah. was out? And, and and so I mean like you got you guys may have I don't know like in the bullpen did you guys know he had a no hitter going and then I had no idea <laughs> I I did not know because I I did know that there was a couple of guys that were on base and in the bullpen you know to be honest some guys yeah you're we're watching the game but sometimes you really don't pay attention to the game you're just like hanging out with the guys talking about this talking about that playing like talking of games or whatever but I didn't know. I remember just seeing a couple of guys on the mound, but those are from some of them are from box, and I was like, oh, I didn't pay attention to the scoreboard. And then I go in, and when I go in, I'm just thinking like, try to be lights out every time, and that's what I try to do. And then I got out of the game, and I remember it was the second inning. I walk out to the mound, I do my prayer, and I look up at the board. I'm like, they don't have a hit, <laughs> and I was like. Oh my god, they have a no hitter going. I was like, and then I started to focus it. And I remember those two guys, like I walked my first like hitter or two, and I was like thinking about it more. So that was a crazy experience though. That's gotta be fun. Uh unfortunately, uh August, you know, you end up getting uh COVID. 
And it was, it seems like from everything I read, it was a very serious case. I mean, that had to have been pretty scary. Yeah. A lot of people uh, got the info that I had supposedly had an arm tightness or arm injury again. It was an arm injury. I had just gotten COVID and uh, yeah, they got pretty bad, ended up in the hospital and it's just uh, a very tragic time to go through. It was a very hard time to go through about a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big uh, Christian athlete, you know, and my family and I are very Christian Baptists and we believe in that we just pray for it. And um, there's only one reason why I walked out of there and it's because, you know, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ took me out of that hospital and uh, I was just happy to be home at the moment. And it, it taught me a lot, you know, it made me grateful for a lot more. And I knew that this year I was just like, I'm giving all to the glory of God and he's in full control of what can happen this next year. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's great that, you know, and, and, and so opening weekend, you get, you, you know, you go to South Bend, you're assigned to South high a South Bend for the 2022 season. I was down there opening weekend at South Bend and you came in the second game and you struck out all three batters you faced. I said, who is this kid? God, this kid's pumping heat. I'm looking at the gun. I think it was uh, Cole Franklin. No, Cole Franklin started the next day. I think DJ might've started that game, but yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you struck, yeah, you struck out all three batters you faced then June 14th, you get moved up to the Tennessee Smokies. And then August 5th, you were promoted to the Iowa Cubs. So you went through three levels of minor league baseball. You threw 48.1 innings, 78 Ks, ERA of 130, and a batting average against of 186. I think that's going to play, Jeremiah. That, that, I mean, as you moved up each level, you know, did you see the level of competition change? Did you not worry about it that much? What were you doing as, they kept, as you kept getting these promotions? I, I knew that the definitely the competition was going to be a lot better. You know, the hitters are going to be a lot smarter, a lot, you know, guys are just going to be pretty different. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, one thing that I know for sure is just you just got to believe in your stuff. I got to trust in my stuff. And what got me here with uh, in South Bend and what I saw from last year more than anything was the fastball. I was like, all right, trust fastball, fastball. And in South Bend, it worked. So each affiliate or place that I was going to, I was just not going to sit here and be like, all right, I feel like I got to throw around all these hitters just because they're better. And I just like, you know what, just go right at them. See what they can do with the fastball first. And then if you need anything, then throw it. And it just worked. So, Well, it did work because at the end of the August, uh, the Cubs needed two people for their – two players for their series in Toronto. There's two guys that couldn't make it. And so you get the opportunity to make the uh, roster. Your MLB debut is on August 30th, bottom of the eighth inning. As you kind of, as your name gets called and you kind of go out there in Toronto, you know, you had some, you know, you had some bumps in the road, obviously. We talked about your injuries and everything with COVID and everything like that. What are you thinking as you're walking out to the mound in Toronto for your first major league relief appearance? Man, honestly, the first thought I thought about getting on the mound was, Damn, the lights are bright here. <laughs> you know, I can actually see. But other than that, just thinking about like the past, it is like it's kind of like the experience that you think. You know, like uh, what Bryce Harper just said. Like when he said, "I just did that." Like I thought about, I was like, 
I just pitched on at Toronto at ring like at, at at their field right now. I'm here, like you know, I just made it after knowing where I was just at literally just a complete year ago. Because on the thirtieth last year, I was in the hospital, and on the thirtieth of this year, I'm in the big leagues with Toronto, and it, it was just a huge thing to think of and being on that mound to experience that other guys have been there, you know, pitching off of or in, just pitching the same game as well with Marcus Stroman was a big thing with me. Yeah. Um, and- you know, you struck out the first batter you faced. You walked Santiago Espinal, but then you struck out Danny Jensen, and you got a weak ground out from JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr. That had to have been, yeah. you know, feeling good, right, to get out of that inning uh, unscathed. Oh, yeah. I was just like, all right, first things first, let's get the first guy. You know, trust the first guy. See what they can do. Don't try to throw around him. And it worked. And then – I really don't – I don't really know who Teoscar Hernandez was or any other guys, but I didn't know the Jackie Bradley Jr. from the Red Sox. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Jackie Bradley Jr. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to throw to him. And I threw a changeup. I got him with a changeup. And luckily, when he hit that, I was like, oh, that's a hit. And then I forgot we get to have a shift. And I was like, yeah, Nico, this guy, he was there. And I was just happy I got out of the inning with the – with the, with a uh, headless inning, but I was very upset though with the walk. I hate walking people. Understandable, and 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 you brought up an interesting point about the shift. Is that people don't realize that those rules coming in next year were already in place. So pitch mm-hmm. clock shifts, you're all ready to go. That's not something that's going to affect you at all. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, the good thing I was able to experience that in the minor leagues, and then also to here now, and the pitch clock. Like I know, like. Uh, how to prepare myself for the pitch clock now if it is up here or when it comes up to the big leagues next year if I'm there you know and uh, I'm just you know I just it's one thing I want to learn the most is to be prepared for no matter what happens on the field whether if it's a shift you know a base hit the base hit if someone deserves a hit off me they deserve it yep and you did make your Wrigley debut on September 7th against the Reds talk to me about that Wrigley experience was that the first time you were ever at Wrigley Field <sighs> I've been to Wrigley, you know, visiting, like, uh, when I got drafted in, but playing, yeah. And, of course, uh, I was just thinking, oh, I wonder what the first hitter is. The first hitter's got to be very important to what happens to me at Wrigley. And, of course, pitch. Uh, I, I can't, what was his name? Sadie's a kino. You know, it just kind of made me a little sore neck the day after having to see that bomb go over the <laughs> But it's a learning experience, you know. I mean, he's a dangerous hitter, and I can't just get away throwing a uncomfortable slider over the plate, you know. So that's what happens. Well, Jeremiah, I'm not going to blame you on that because Aquino, for whatever reason, just he's what we call a cub killer. He's, he doesn't crush the league, but he loves hitting it Wrigley. When you when you saw the ballpark and and the locker room, I mean, that just is that locker room is something that is is unlike yeah. most in most other stadiums. It's just unbelievable, yeah. right? It is ridiculous with. Honestly, just the experience outside of Wrigley, beautiful, absolutely ridiculous. Going inside the locker room, I, I just I'll never be able to get over it. The experience that I had to be able to with the same team with the with the teammates that we have too, just making Wrigley just the best and just being a Cub is just absolutely a blessing. Talk to me about your teammates. Who are the guys that you kind of you kind of kind of maybe keep in touch with? Tech strands, keep in touch with in the off season. Who are the guys that you're probably closest to or like to kind of hang out with? Out of the whole organization, or yeah, anyone, anywhere. Man, I mean, I I, I go with uh, there's just a lot of guys. You know, I, I love being around all the teammates and all the guys that I can be with. But if there's some guys that I like, 
talked to the most would be like DJ Hers, Joe Nohas, Nehas, and just like it's just DJ is one of the guys that I talk to the most out of the most, to be honest. But uh, there's a lot of guys, you know, like I built relationships too with like uh, Bailey Reed. I had Bailey Reed is a good friend of mine last year, but we got closer this year. Riley Martin, um, Michael Mike and Bean, you know, uh, just a lot of guys, you know, just a bunch of great dudes. Well, it's got to be exciting because I'm sure you've been invited to your first Cubs convention. Um, I know if they haven't already, they're going to start reaching out to people soon and getting you guys out there. And if you and Cubs convention, you know, it's weird because they, they have this session. It's called Down on the Farm and they introduce the players to everybody. And you guys are just going to, you, you know, you get cheered like heroes. And uh, it's weird because I through the years I've been going to Cubs convention over 20 years, man. I remember just seeing like a young Javi Baez or, you know, just some of these things, man. And you just wonder, you know what's next for all these young players in the careers, but have they talked to you at all about Cubs convention or what to expect? No, I, I haven't been brought up into anything about that. I want to say, I forgot there is a Cubs con or what's it called. I seen that online, which seems pretty cool, but no, nothing's been brought up at this moment. You know, it's just been, you know, the off season, take a break from baseball, you know, and do whatever, just be home with the family. You know, this is my first season where I was actually gone for a complete from February all the way till now. So, and you have a very close-knit family. Your family was at Wrigley Field, I believe, correct? Yeah. <laughs> they were there for quite a bit. They were there since St. Louis till, uh, till New York. Wow. From St. Louis to New York. They were there for a good amount of, of weeks, but um, I love it. You know, I love my family there. I love just – I love having, like, the people that, you know, that I like, – I just love having people around, you know, like, good people. Now we talked a little bit, you know, your fastball is really your bread and butter. What else do you like to throw off of that fastball? Off of the fastball would be the slider. As you know, I, I just learned that new, uh, that new slider uh, this year, last year. They combined of this year and last year. But uh, what's always been a bread and butter has been the changeup. I, I have this, I had a good changeup. You know, I still do. I just haven't thrown it much to these guys. You know, I just realized, all right, fastball slider is going to do the job, you know, so. Once I start to develop my change and begin to fix it in with the actual like righties, you know, because I always like to do high fastball and then sometimes inside change up to a righty, you know, to get a lot of guys. So, is there anybody that you watched during your your again in a year you went through four different levels? But was there anyone in the minor mm -hmm. leagues that you watched that you called up your dad and said, "Hey, man, you can't believe what this guy's doing." Somebody that kind of really impressed you as far as just stuff. Man, every 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 teammate's impressive, you know, just seeing like uh you know, South South Bend just like DJ, you know, seeing what he did last year as well and when I was in Myrtle Beach. I didn't even I didn't even know him last year. DJ and uh that dude's got a wicked change of you know, I had him as a throwing partner. Um also Nick Padilla. That dude was an absolute maniac on the mound with his cult rise fastball, his singer. He was my throwing partner from South Bend all month and I had to put ice in my hand most of the time because that <laughs> dude would throw these sinkers and I'm thinking it's right here and it just goes straight to my palm and that would hurt. But um, like he he was different. And uh, just the hitters, man, just the, the, the staff that we have of like an outfield, like Jordan Logo, Yohanji uh, Pinango, Pete Crow Armstrong, Owen, uh, Casey Owen, you know, just all these guys that are just ridiculous. And, you know, Kevin Maday, like I, I was just – I've just seen this every – I can name every single player, you know, and, like, the relationships that I've built. 
you know, like I was happy to build a lot of relationships with the bullpen, you know, especially with my really good friend, Sammy uh, Reyes, who's in Tennessee. You know, he uh, he was like a really good friend of mine on and off the field more because he was my fishing partner when we were in Tennessee. So I got to ask real quick, what did you catch in Tennessee? What were you fishing for? For bass. That's all we go for. You got to go mouth? for large, large mouth bass. I won't sit there just trying to catch no catfish. I ain't going to eat it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm you know what, man? I am so glad that the Cubs were able to get you in their system. It's just been really fun watching you. Like I said, you know, just to think that I saw you like on that opening day in that very cold April game and then all the way seeing you play at Wrigley Field, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we're going to continue to watch uh, your career grow. And I will hopefully see you at CubsCon. But we appreciate you coming on and we look forward to talking to you in, in the future, Jeremiah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, hopefully CubsCon, if I'm invited to CubsCon or not, you know, I'm grateful for whatever, but I'll be able to meet you and the fans there as well. So I'm excited for uh, what could happen next year. All I know is I'll be ready. So. Bigger and better things, Jeremiah. Take care, buddy. Yes, sir. You too. Take care. Thank you guys for having me.